Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. The book of Acts is filled with all kinds of, the, of stories with the power of God. also talks about problems that the early church had, which we'll begin to look at that today. Problems in society, problems in culture. We have persecution, which I believe, I know we're in 4th of July, we're all excited about today, but if I can be real with you, I believe that persecution is going to come the next wave into the body of Christ and upon Christians in America. I just personally believe that. Um, So the book of Acts tells us how they dealt with it, and it also talks about persistence. So we're going to look at all of that. Uh, Today, I wanted to go to Acts chapter 2. We've already talked about receiving the upgrade, so I'm going to skip the first two chapters because that deals with that. And we're just going to begin to go on chapter by chapter. And I got all the way up to Acts chapter 19. There's 19 powerful life lessons that we can learn, uh, that we can go as we go. And we'll see how far the Lord Lord has us go with this. And um, so today in Acts chapter 2, I want to talk to you today about what is the church supposed to be like? What is the church supposed to be like? It tells us in Acts chapter 2. Right after they received the Holy Spirit, in verse 41, let's read it together. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Look at that. The church went from 120 to 3,000. I don't know why, you know, some people sometimes criticize when churches are growing or become a large church as if God's not in it or something. I don't know where you get that from. Everything God touches grows. Everything God touches grows. And in fact, if we're not growing, we're dying. Right? Spiritually. Everything God touches grows. That's why you got to cut your grass every week. Amen? Everything God created just grows. That's life. And here the church went from 120 to 3,000. So anyway, let's go. Then uh, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly or devoted themselves... In the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. They even sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. In the temple, breaking bread from house to house. We're going to come back to that. Then they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God. And watch this. They had favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily as those who were being saved. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for today, what it represents, and for your presence being here. Like every time we gather in your name, thank you, God. I pray, God, that hearts will be changed, encouraged, instructed today. While we just come before you and open our hearts to your word, I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. You may be seated. What is the church supposed to be like? There's all kinds of different churches. I've heard of some of these, and I asked Lindsay to kind of do a little research for me. I said, come up with, go on our search and search the most craziest and bizarre churches that we have uh, in America and around the world. And the list is just goes on and on and on. I heard, maybe some of you have heard of this. You know, there is a, there is a, church, a snow church in Germany 
this church is actually made out of snow. It's the people up in the mountains wanted to have church, and they asked Germany to help build one because they would get snowed in. And Germany said no. So they got together and they built their own church. This is a church literally built out of snow. There is a cowboy church. Yeehaw! Over in California. You actually ride your horses to church service. They have an outdoor cowboy hat service. Amen. Gotta keep going. There's a motorcycle church. Okay, I can get into that. You ride your bike, you come, uh, minister to bikers. Hey, that's 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 awesome. Amen. Ride or die, right? Yeehaw. So, again, riding a horse or a motorcycle. These are just all kinds of churches. There is a triple X church. See that pause? I just have your undivided attention right now. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, where is he going? The kids are in here, Pastor Eddie. No, listen, this is a church that is targeting to bring restoration and healing for people that have come out of the porn industry that has also been involved with pornography. It's actually in Las Vegas. I, I, I looked this church up and I seen them on uh, TBN way, way back, and they're actually a pretty solid church. They believe in salvation through the name of Jesus and Him only. They believe in restoration, the power and deliverance of the Holy Spirit. And listen, sexual immorality has hurt and is really a huge problem in our culture today. And this church just particularly deals with that. Uh, and so last but not least, there is actually, yes, believe it or not, a clown church. I thought of uh, Alyssa Sherman. Uh, she loves clowns. And uh, actually, she's terrified of them. Yeah, a clown church. I said, what is this? Their ministry is restoring the gift of laughter. Let's move on. Amen. So on and on and on, you get the point. All kinds of different churches. And I know people come from different churches when you come to River of Life. And, you know, and I've, I've heard, and I know there's many different ways and different styles of churches. There's uh, traditional churches. And if I had more time, I would, I would kind of give more examples of that. But we all know we've been around uh, church world a little bit, and we can see that we all do church differently. Well, the book of Acts gives us the model of the way God intended church to be. That's what the book of Acts is. So it don't matter if your building's made out of snow or this big, beautiful 35,000 square foot building that we're able to have by God. It don't matter. What is inside the four walls and the purpose of the church is what matters to God. That's what matters. Being fruitful. What kind of fruit? What are you doing? In the church of Jesus Christ here, as we just read, is still going strong after 2,000 years. So let's just do a little comparison. This is 4th of July. Let's kind of compare it, the beginning of the early church to the beginning of our country. I just had to put this in here because of today, what it all stands for. We know what today is. On this day in 1776, actually it was July 2nd, uh, but anyway, we celebrated on the 4th of July. One of the greatest documents in the history of our nation was constructed. The Declaration of Independence, right, declaring our independence from tyranny, that we would be a nation of freedom to worship God and things like that. We would be a people that would hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, listen to this language, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Amen? That's, that's in our Declaration of Independence. But I want to ask you, we are 245 years later, how are we doing with that? 
I, now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I'm in America. I would rather live here than in many other places in the world. I've been to other countries, and as messed up and divided as we are as a nation, I still would choose America. I am thankful that we are here, and I, and I support our military and everything else, and I'm all for that. But looking at the purpose of, and the intent of why we began with just this statement right here and to honestly look around and see the division that we have in our culture today, I would say that we got some work to do. So let's compare to the beginning of the greatest institution on planet Earth that is going strong 2,000 years later. The church, what we just read here in the book of Acts, it was entering into a very difficult time. Jesus knew that. That's why he prepared them. He said, I want to prepare you for the upgrade. They had no idea what was getting ready to happen, but Jesus did. So that's the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit. But believers would die, listen to this, or be persecuted for following Jesus. For three centuries under the Roman Empire, followers of Jesus suffered the most horrific persecution. For 300 years, that's longer than America's been in existence, the Christians have been fighting to survive their life in the early days of the book of Acts. It records it. We go from story to story, and we just think about power and healing. No, they were, they were running for their life. They were scattered for everywhere. They were, they were being killed and, and persecuted like crazy. When we went to Israel, we got to see some of the Colosseums that are still standing there today. We sat in those areas and listened to our guide tell us that we are sitting at the very seats where at one day... Uh, people were sitting and being entertained by Christians who were being fed to lions just 200 feet in front of us. This is real stuff. And by the way, if you look up today, the most persecuted people group on planet Earth is the Christians. It's Christians today. It's happening more than you think. But anyway, this is what's going on. Jesus knew that that was going to happen. But watch this. But the church kept moving forward. Please catch this. The church kept moving forward forward. They stayed united. They stayed united in such a divisive season and period when the church was growing and experiencing different cultures, different ethnicities. It was no longer just Jews. God was broadening his church and he had all kinds of problems. We're going to see it throughout the book of Acts. We're also going to see how to handle it the right way. But the church hung on and watch this. And in 313 AD, the emperor Constantine he issued the Edict of Milan, which shortly after declared Christianity as the official religion of the Roman Empire. Look at that. Yeah, give God some praise for that. That's huge. How can you go from persecuting Christians, literally, for just saying, I believe in Christ, you would be killed for that, to 300 years later, they declared Rome to be a Christian nation? That's, that's amazing. And just look at the, some of the contributions that the Church of Jesus Christ has done in 2,000 years. The very next century, the fourth century, church, please don't ever forget this. I've preached a whole message on this before. I think it was the 4th of July. On all the things that the church has contrib contributed to society. It's amazing. Because if you watch the news or culture today, it makes churches seem to be this hateful group of people that are not in touch with reality. It's, it's just a lie from the pit of hell. The church gave society hospitals in the very next century the fourth century the very first hospital that was organized and given was in Greece and was in the the area there of the Roman era it was given by Christians Christians 
gave us hospitals. They were the ones that thought it would be important to take care of those who were injured and to nurse them back to life. And the work, I could go on and about medicine, and about, or I mean about education. Just simply here in America, just give you a little bit of this history, we're going to get into it. A little bit here in America, do you know that some of our most Ivy League schools were Bible-proclaiming schools? Do you realize that? I'm talking Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and Oxford were all Christian universities. Did you hear what I just said? Do you know it was the government of the United States that first printed Bibles and put them in public schools? I am not making this stuff up. So in 245 years, it's actually become, we all know it, illegal to even mention Jesus. I heard this one guy, I was reading a book again by Dr. Ben Carson, America the Beautiful. It's an older book, but it's really, really good. He just brings out, he was raised in Detroit, by the way, and um, I just love his story. Before politics and all that happened, he wrote this book and just telling his story and he was given the opportunity to pray at the prayer breakfast here uh, back in the, in the late 90s. And he was, in his book, he talks about, are we a Christian nation? But he, talk, he, he said, for an example, I think we got a long way to go. Here's an example. He was uh, all set to open up in prayer. And they told him, by the way, you can pray, but don't use the name of Jesus. Just, just give you a little bit of context of, of where we really are in our nation. The nation really does need uh, some help. And you know who's called to be salt and light to this earth? I know it's 4th of July, but I got my Adidas on and I come to preach. Come on, somebody. We're called to be salt. We're called to be light. We are called to bring change into the culture and in society that we have today. We, the church. Come on, you believe that? It's possible. How did, Rome, how did they do it under Roman oppression? They had no social media. They had no cameras. They had none of the stuff that we have today, no air-conditioned buildings. They had none of this stuff. But yet, they were able to cause Rome to go from hating them to declaring Christianity as its official language. Let's look at a few things. Verse 42 and 46 are the two verses I want to stay in today for the rest of our time. 42 and 46. 46 tells us how they did it. By the way, you can apply this if you want to see change even in your own family. We're talking about let's change America. I'm all for that. But you know what? If you're honest and if we really have conversations, you would say, Pastor Eddie, I want America to change, but my family needs changing. So how can I apply this word today on this 4th of July? Because I'm getting ready to go be out hanging out with them. And we're going to have some barbecues. And we're going to probably have to call the police this, this afternoon after we get together. I don't know what kind of family. You know, I don't know what kind of families we all have today. I don't know you, where you come from. But I'm telling you this. That the principles here in the Word of God that this early church exhibited and demonstrated can also change the trajectory of families. Just so listen, watch this. They changed their culture. They changed everything. Verse 46, by doing two things. They gathered in the temple and from house to house. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's the model we take, have taken at River of Life. We gather for temple worship. We're always going to gather for temple worship. We're always going to have in-person services. During the pandemic, there was the big discussion among pastors. Are we ever going to get back to in-person? And I said, yeah, I know we are. I never panicked at all. And I know some are still watching online, but they're coming. But I, it don't matter. God will always have, um, we will always find a way to meet in person because we were built and designed for community. We, we just were. We just were. 
there is something special about coming together into the house of God corporately and worshiping together. It's just a special blessing. The Bible talks about that God's blessing will be there when men dwell together in unity. He, he says, I will show up and I will, I will bless that. Man, that. That's what we felt during worship. Did you feel that today? I mean, we powerful worship, man. And today with just three songs, I'm like, whoa, just love it. it says, what, what is that? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit just being here. Whenever we gather corporately, that's what they did in the book of Acts. Even though they were under persecution, they still found a way to meet corporately. That's our Sunday. That's our Wednesday. That's our corporate worship, and we're always going to have it. But it also says they went house to house. That's their life group ministry. Well, life groups, I don't believe in that. Is that in the Bible? Acts chapter 2, verse 46. <laughs> they met house to house. That's small group. There, you're going to get something when you come to hear the Word of God being preached. Absolutely. But there's more to your Christian experience and growing and developing in your faith than gathering in with hundreds of people and listening to one person just preach at you. That's good. We love it. Peter stood on the steps of Jerusalem and preached the very first message. But then 40 verses later, they said, we got to come up with another way that people can sit down because you got questions. you got to find out how to take this truth of God and apply it in our society and apply it in our family and apply it in my marriage and apply it in my singleness and apply it to my finances and apply it as me being a teenager and apply it to me being a senior citizen. How do I? i got questions. I come, I come from this background in that background and I can't take the microphone and pass it around or we will be here for a couple days for everyone to ask just on the questions what I said so far but like get into a life group that's exactly what they did in the body in the body of Christ and they stayed at it they kept coming together you will grow in your faith as you talk and you meet and you begin to discuss life and learn these doctrines of the Word of God so they gathered in the temple and house house. Even when life group season is over, we're planning to have some of these life groups that will be ongoing, ongoing life groups, just so people can get into men's groups. First Saturday of every month, men, all, we already meet. Sen uh, seniors meet on the second Saturday of every month. Yeah, but I love to have get more life groups going. Young adults, young, and fa young families with kids. I mean, these are just opportunities to connect. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but also to grow. But verse 42 really begins to show us what they did. And this is huge. This is the main, main point of this whole message today. This is the main, uh, this is how they did it right here. Verse 42, they devoted themselves. One translation says, they gave themselves. Underline that, please, in your Bible. Never forget that. That is, that is the turning point of the church of Jesus Christ. That's how they did it right there. It wasn't a hobby. It wasn't a diet that you try. <laughs> it wasn't a fad, and I'm not against hobbies, I'm not against diets, you need to do, but when's the last time you've really given yourself to something? I think a lot of, lot of people may be listening to me today, and that is a problem that you have, you've never really given yourself to something. I want you to think about that. You, you gotta, you, they gave themselves to this. They just didn't show up every now and then. I mean, these people said, hey, whatever it takes, I, 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 will, I will become a, a part of that church. I gave myself. I wanted to become a member. And it's not just about membership status. 
Paul talks about it in Timothy, about people being taken into the number. There was a number. There was a quorum. There was a remnant. There was a group of believers. We know at least 3,000 that said, I'm not just going to visit on a Sunday. I know it's 4th of July, but hear me today. I'm not just going to have this mindset that Christianity is something I consume every now and then. No, I'm going to give myself my time, my talent, my abilities. That's how they did it. That's how America was founded, by the way, when people left over from across the pond. They weren't coming on a vacation. They came over here to start a new way of life, right? The church of Jesus Christ, look at that verse. They devoted themselves. They gave themselves. What have you given yourself to, really, seriously? It takes time. It takes time. You've got to watch some videos. I recently took up. Um, archery again. When you get into bow hunting, I love, I love just shooting. I always have, and I started getting into archery, shooting a bow. That's pretty fun. I like it. I enjoy it. Don't judge me. Find something you like to do. But I realized that it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> you just pick it up and shoot. Yeah, all right. No, you got to watch some videos. So I got me a, a, a buddy that knows how to shoot a bow. He's a professional and he's got a guy that showed him and they, and they showed me how you stand, how you hold the bow. You got, you got to invest some time in it. You got to buy some equipment and you got to really give time to that. I mean, that's any hobby, any sport. Those of you that played sports, you got, it's fun. It's okay to put your kids through sports. I understand it. But if you want to talk scholarships, if you want to talk about making it to the pros, you're going to say, hey, come here. Everybody else is out there playing and running around. You're going to come sit down and watch this film. You're going to watch this tape. You're going to get on a diet. You're going to start getting in shape. Come on, somebody. I might know what I'm talking about. What is he doing? He's training that person, that athlete, to give themselves to that same thing. Who do we think we are as a people that want to change culture or want to change even the trajectory of our family if we don't put in the same kind of work? I'm just, just trying to... They gave themselves. It was a risk. What do you mean joining that church could possibly cause you to be executed? What if we said that at growth track step one? Welcome to River of Life, and you are interested in becoming a member. Just want you to know it's illegal, and Rome is hunting you down even right now. So we've got to turn the lights off and everybody duck. <laughs> this kind of stuff, though, per the persecuted church is happening all around the world. North Korea, China. They are meeting in places that's illegal and they're hiding. What today stands for is the 4th of July is actually supposed to be a celebration of the exact opposite. That we do have freedom. No one's going to come running in here and try to overtake the service. Even if they do, we have security. Amen. <laughs> because not everybody's saved. I'm just saying. Amen. But let's keep going. So they gave themselves. Please understand that that starts with that. You want to see a change in your family, not just be religious and, you know, look good and dress up. You really want to see your teenagers live pure and holy before God. It's going to take you devoting yourself as mom and dad. It's going to take you as a family. I'm trying to help you today. It's going to take you guys to devote yourself. It's going to be a little cost in there. It's going to be a little bit, let's sit down. We're going to learn the Bible. Learn about shooting the bow. Learn about getting in shape. We give ourselves to all these different things, and they're not all bad. But sometimes a good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps you from the right thing. Sometimes a good thing can become a bad thing if it'll keep you from the right thing. And the right thing is to, is to learn the things of God. So the first thing they did, they voted themselves to four things. First one was the apostles' doctrine. Oh, gosh, I wish this is so good. 
very first thing they did, they said, we just don't want to come and have church. We want to learn something. We, we want to learn something. Someone told me the other day that by the time you are 10 years old in the Islamic faith, you can already quote the five pillars of Islam. You already understand to pray. I don't matter if you're a high school student, if you're in college, you will wear something to cover your head. You won't, it doesn't matter if you're going to get made fun of or not. You're going to do this for our family and for our religion. And Muslims have no problem do that. But how many in the church, I'm just wondering, we struggle with praying over our food. We struggle with even making a stand for purity and being 19 years old. We, we struggle in some of these basic little fundamentals trying to help us today. Part of the reason was, is everything I'm reading to you today was something they didn't really have to get taught. They caught it. It was a consequence from receiving the Holy Spirit. Let me be real with you today. If we will just allow ourselves to be controlled by the Spirit, we will have no problem giving ourselves to the house of God, to the apostles' doctrine. We will have no problem. We will have no problem at all if we will just learn to surrender, keyword, surrender to God. That's what being filled is all about. God, I give you all them de demonstrations. That's what I'm teaching today. That's exactly what it was. They, the apostles' doctrine, they voted themselves in learning, learning God's word, learning something. How do you get saved? If someone asks you today, how do I get to heaven? Can you answer them? Why do you need to get baptized? Well, what are you going to say? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is speaking in tongues? What are the gifts of the Spirit? What's this thing about tithing? What's this thing about worship? Why do you clap your hands? Why do you lift your hands? Why do you have instruments on the stage? I can answer all of these, but I'm not. You should answer them, right? These are in conversations. This is how, this is how they brought change. They knew their word. I'm giving you something to talk about at the barbecue today. This is what they did. Learning the apostles' doctrine, me, they also had principles. <laughs> they had standards. They had, here's a word that is foreign in our culture, absolutes. That means, hey man, it may be right for you, but it ain't right for me. Okay, that's the, that's the mindset we have today. And some of that may apply in certain areas. I like to shoot a bow, you may not, that's okay, we're both going to heaven. You may like catch up on your hot dog today. What is wrong with you? It is not meant to go on a hot dog, but a hamburger. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to start a war in here today. We can disagree on that stuff, and you're going to be okay. Who's got the best potato salad, spaghetti salad? I'm not going to talk about food no more. We, we, can, we can agree to disagree on all of those all day long, but when it comes to these fundamental truths about your soul and, and, and the truths of God's word, we have to be honest. You got to have some absolutes, and the church had some absolutes, and it was absolutely Jesus is the only way to heaven. Even if I'm going to get down on my knees and allow you to cut my head off, I will declare in front of Rome right now that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven today. That's how they went out. That's how the 12 apostles except John went out. That's how all of them went out, man. Suffering. Don't talk about that. Three things as a Christian you'll never outgrow. This would be a sermon for another time. You'll never outgrow suffering, sanctification, or serving. And these are all three a part of the early church. 
They had absolutes. Listen to this. Why did Rome kill the early Christians? It was not for worshiping Jesus so much as it was they refused to worship Rome. It's not because they, they were Christians. It's because they hated them because they wouldn't compromise with the culture. The first century government hated them because they clung to Jesus. They lived by principle and not popularity. Come on, church, let me encourage you today. Live by principle. Be a person of principle. There are absolutes, man. I'm gonna, I'm, hey, I, do, I love life. I love what God has blessed us with. I'm all about that. Vacationing, have a good time. But there are some absolutes, some things that I will not do, some things I will not go and participate in. Not because I'm better than anybody else, but because I'm devoted. I gave myself to this, not as a hobby, but as a life. I am a child of God, so I'm going to live like one. And I'm sorry if I'm not popular. I'm sorry, man. And it's easy to preach this here. But I lived it at 25 years old, working in a warehouse where everybody partied. Everybody got turned up every weekend. And there I am, 25 years old, walking in on a Monday morning, talking about how church service was. I know how it is to have no friends and a lump in your throat, and you're trying to live holy and righteous. I know how it is to not be invited no more and people talking about you behind your back. But I'm here to tell you that I'm standing and living for one in his name. Name is Jesus and I live for him and it don't matter what people think come on give him praise today if you know what I'm saying this is what it takes to change culture this is what it takes right here what I'm telling you it's not a seven-step program it's not about what kind of coffee we serve in there it's about what kind of life we're living what kind of heart we've got what kind of spirit we have inside of us today Help me, somebody. Help me, Holy Spirit. That's how they did it in Acts. It don't matter what style of worship you got in your church. It doesn't matter how you worship. It matters who you worship. It doesn't matter if you got an electric guitar and you're plugging in. Baby, we ought to have better instruments and singing here than Jimi Hendrix or anybody in the 70s, Led Zeppelin, any of them. We should have the best worship around. Sorry for the 1970 pop culture reference, but. <laughs> and there were some good dudes that can play. They were, they were talented. John Bottom was the best drummer, in my opinion, ever from Led Zeppelin. They were some of the best. The church should be leading in every arena. And I, I am happy to see Christians breaking the charts today with the, the, all these songs by Elevation and all. I love that. I applaud that. I support the Christian music industry. Number one, it's way better than it was 20 years ago. Well, I grew up, it was Petra or Striper. And Striper would split a church. So we went back to Petra. Hallelujah. I can't even remember one song they sung. Or what was that? What was that one? I don't want to get off. I got to keep going. Huh? Today, man, you got Elevation Worship, Maverick City. Come on, somebody. You're working out of the gym, you can, you can throw in some 116 or something. Support the Christian industry, someone who, who's got lyrics and a heart for God and really care about you. Not Cardi B, she could care less about you or me. I'm just being real with you. She don't care about you as long as you buy her CD. Whatever she does. And I pray she gets saved because I would love to see her get on fire for God. And give that talent, all of them in the secular community, to turn their life over to God. 
Secondly, they devoted themselves, man, to fellowship. <sighs> fellowship. It's a Greek word, kononeia. Kononeia. Everybody say kononeia. What did you do on the 4th of July? I went to church and we learned Greek, kononeia. That's the Greek word for partner, for, for family. That's where we get the actual church family from, right here, the early church. They were total strangers. We're going to find out in a few verses later, they were different ethnicities. And that was a huge problem in a culture when you were raised that you were God's chosen and only you. Where did you get to chapter 6? I can't wait to get there. The church didn't hide it, skip over it. No, church gave us a front row seat. Because it's going to happen. Can you get a group of people like this together? We're all going to be different. Like some of you really like ketchup on your hot dog. I'm mustard and relish, but hey, we can still go to heaven at the same time, amen? But when you, you know, that's, that's one thing. When you really start talking about how to do life together, I mean, that's, we got to find out how to get through that. Okay, I'm going to wait till we get there. Fellowship, kunania. Write this down. The Christian life isn't meant to be done alone. You got to serve Jesus by yourself, or you got to serve, write this down, you got to serve Jesus for yourself, but it's not intended to do it by yourself. You hear that? You got to choose Jesus for yourself, not mama and daddy, grandma, grandpa, Pastor Eddie, River of Life, don't care what team you serve on, you've got to have your own walk with God, but you're not intended to do it by yourself. This is what the awesome thing about the body of Christ is for. And sometimes our privacy, I wrote this down, our privacy can be our downfall. When we are afraid to come clean and be vulnerable, <clears throat> that we do need help, that we do need help with our marriages, our thought life, our, our finances, our children, our families. We try to act like we don't need no help. I don't need to join no church as if that's, that's a weak thing or something. I'm telling you, that can be your very downfall. And it's okay to watch online if you're out of the area or if you're going through something and, and you're sick or whatever. But listen, God, ne God never designed you and I to do church through a screen. And, and, and so, so find a way. I love it. Just about a month ago, we have a family that's been watching us from Florida. They just moved to Michigan. I don't know if they're here today, but they moved to Michigan. And they got to come in person. And they were just, you know... So at all, looking around like, whoa, so happy to be here. And they, I hear this by everybody. It's not the same online. It's, it's cool, but it's not that it's a bad thing. I'm just telling you, you weren't designed to do that. There is something about being in person. What is it, Third John, he said, I long to see you face to face. There is something about looking into your eyes and seeing you and hearing the voices of people worshiping. I mean, on and on and on. We were created like that. We, so, but it can be a downfall when we try to act like we're too tough to connect to a body of Christ. Here's a scripture for that. These are for those that appear stronger than they really are, Galatians. It says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is why you need the body of Christ. You can write this down. I'm going to go fast through it. We got a life group that's called Going Deeper. They take the Sunday messages and they go deeper in them. This is a great one to go deeper in, guys, because I can't do it today. This is why you need the body of Christ <clears throat> to be accepted. To be accepted. To be uh, built up. To grow spiritually. To be comforted. 
to be encouraged, to serve. This is what the body of Christ is, is meant to do right here. It's meant to be accepted. It don't matter where you come from, what your background is, what, what you were involved with even last night. If you're here today or you're watching this service or just want you to know River of Life, hey, we're a church like the Church of Acts that accepted everyone. They did. They accepted everyone from every background, every lifestyle. Look at Jesus' only, his disciples, not only his 12, but his, his 70. He had women, he had prostitutes in that group. He was the first Jewish rabbi to have women disciples. Just having a woman on your team was, was a negative thing in the first century. Jesus gave the responsibility to be the first to preach the good news that he has risen to a woman. If that was a big deal, do you think God could have said, let me, let me wait until Martha comes with her spices and then she leaves because I'm going to save this for men. I don't want to get off into this today, but sometimes we get off into these crazy beliefs in America, like you come from the clown church or something. <laughs> well, Timothy says, do you understand Timothy? You really understand he was writing to a culture in Ephesus? That was a very women-dominated culture, that the first mayor in the ancient world was a female mayor of Ephesus who braided their hair after the, the goddess Diana. That's why he mentions the braiding of the hair and a woman. Do you, I mean, it's a cultural thing, but we just, we look at these scriptures and we pull them out. Let me just give you a little, get everything today on the fourth. Every New Testament letter was written to respond to a certain situation and a question that they had within the group. You know this. That's exactly what Timothy was. It wasn't a general statement that women were not to be used of God because then you would have a problem with everybody in the Bible, including Jesus. But we put these categories and we put these little man-made denominations and these man-made belief systems that divide us more than unite us. Get back to the model and look at the book of Acts and look at the word of God and you'll find Lydia, the first female pastor who had a church in Philippi. You'll meet her in Acts. Getting all of us today. Let me get back to the basics of what the Word of God really teaches. Get into a life group. You can discuss it even more. <laughs> we uh, accept everybody. Being built up. You grow spiritually. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but you have to go to church to be a growing Christian. Because you can't grow by yourself. And I would even say you got to go to be an obedient Christian. Because Hebrews 10.25 says, get your butt in church. Right. Pastor Eddie's translation. Where's that scripture? Hebrews 10.25. But again, it shouldn't be something you're taught. It should be a response. When you get controlled by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be around the people of God. Can I tell you, being in ministry now and serving the Lord for a while... One thing I see, the very first thing to go when a person begins to backslide is they cut off their Christian covenant people. First thing that happens, they ghost the Holy Ghost. They ghost church people. Ah. First John says, when we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have forgiveness of one another. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sin. And we have fellowship with one another. Why did he put that in there? Because when you're walking in the light, as he is in the light, you have no problem fellowshipping with people in the light. That's right. That's right. But the moment when 
flesh wants to take over, the very first thing you're going to drop is those that are living in the light. Because Jesus summed it all up when he was asked about why is that. He said, because men love darkness rather than light. There's a part of me that loves darkness more than it does light. How do you fix it? you got to give yourself, devote yourself to living in the light. This is good stuff today. When I devote myself and say, okay, Christianity ain't no hobby for the Markham family. We're going to church. We're going to go, go, I'm going to learn this thing. I'm going to sit down. I'm going I'm to read this Bible. I don't understand all these people, Moses and Rim running around. I mean, I have a little bit of understanding, but I want to understand this word. I had to give myself to it. As I gave myself to it and begin to tell others about it, I begin to learn and begin to grow. They gave themselves to the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread. The communion is what breaking of bread is right there, and it was more than just a, a wafer and a cup of juice and 10-minute service. It was a meal that they sat down and enjoyed together. But Jesus brought a whole new meaning to that. He said, from now on, when you do this, it's going to serve a different purpose. It's going to serve the purpose of reminding you of what I'm getting ready to do. So when it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, in other words, understanding the Bible, to fellowship, hanging around Christian friends in, in the Christian society and community. And then it says community, or it means breaking of bread, simply means that they kept reminding themselves of what the main thing was. Because it's easy for churches to get off and to get off into different things. But by them continually doing communion together, it would, it would remind them of the big thing. Whenever we forget the why, the what becomes harder. Whenever we forget the why, the what becomes harder. Whenever you forget the why you got married, marriage gets harder. Whenever you forget the why you fell in love and the why that you made a covenant to death do its part, the moment you forget that, marriage gets tough. The moment you forget why you signed up in River Kids. <laughs> the moment you forgot why you signed up. The moment you start dreading getting up Sunday mornings. We should be just as excited getting up, serving. I'm just staff meeting right now. For the same purpose, if we were all waking up, going to Disneyland. I'm just saying. And I love Disney. I love being in the house of God. Uh, way back to when we didn't even get involved. Our, Wednesday, our service night and serving was Wednesday night when we first joined the church. Teaching girls ministry. Mine was Saturday morning. Sunday, I didn't do anything. I didn't do, absolutely did not do one thing. I still up, couldn't wait to get to the house of God because I knew it was more than having a title. It was more than having a position. It was the why. He saved me. I didn't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve it. But yet he forgave me. And the moment we forget the why, the what gets harder. So Peter said, church, we're going to continue to practice the breaking of bread. Because we're going to forget. You're going to forget. You're going to forget. Watch the news for one day. You'll forget everything about God. You'll be mad at everybody. Right? They continually did this for 300 years. That's how they did it. They continued to keep the main thing the main thing. They addressed all the other issues? Absolutely they did. But because they understood the why, 
they were able to bring healing and bring the answer, not just stir up a bunch of flesh and emotion. They were able to bring a, a solution. And lastly, is prayers. The worship team comes, and as we start to close, these were the four things that we're going to find in this book of Acts that they kept doing. And what we're going to continue to do is devoting ourselves to the apostles' doctrine. Teach, learn the word of God. Learn the word of God. Make, make it a goal that you're, man, you're going to learn the word of God. I want you to ask yourself right now, what do you need to give yourselves more to on this 4th of July? Before we go home, we're going to have a great time today and this weekend. Maybe you already celebrated, I don't know, but today, the message for us today as we begin Acts is looking at second, the second chapter, comparing my life to them. Instead of saying, well, I need more acceptance, I need more, I'm not getting that from the church. Instead of that, how about thinking, how can I give more of that? How, how can I be more accepting in my ministry, in the way I serve? Think about this stuff. And prayer was the last thing. Prayer kept harmony within the body. You know what that meant? They prayed. They didn't just pray. They prayed for one another. Why did they do that? Why is that so important? Because you can't hate somebody you're praying for. You can't. That's why Jesus said, pray for your enemies. And they go, Jesus, what? He said, yeah, if you pray for your friends, what reward is that? Everybody can do that. But I say to you, because you got the upgrade, because you're a child of God, pray for those who spitefully use you and betray you. I know it's hard. It's not easy. But you got the upgrade now. You can do it. It may start off with, God, I pray that you just drop a boulder from heaven. At least you're praying. But see if I'm not right. The more you pray for people that get you mad and upset within the body of Christ, because they had a lot of differences. Barnabas and Paul got in such a big fight. Paul said, I never want to bring your nephew John Mark with me again. Never bring him here again. But later on, he somehow got over that. And Paul had him. Church tradition says that when he left Paul, he went and joined with Peter. I love how one pastor says, imagine that. He got with Peter and was like, man, you know, have you ever been betrayed, Peter, by your leader? Has your mentor ever turned on you because Paul turned on me? And Peter goes, uh, I was called the devil by Jesus. I think I win. Isn't that hilarious? But Peter restored John Mark, and later John Mark and Paul unite again in ministry. Can we all stand right now? What do you need to give yourself to? I looked at it and said, God, what do I need to lead our church and to make sure we are holding true? It don't matter if your building's built out of snow or you rode a motorcycle here or a horse. Literally, you can have both at River of Life, seriously. Where we are located, we got folks that have horses and we got people that ride bikes. It doesn't matter how you got here. What matters is why you got here. Why'd you come today? Why do I come? Why do I prepare these messages? Why, why is Pastor Steve and the worship team do these things? It's the why. I want to join the worship team. Remember why you want to join the worship team. Because if you forget the why, the what becomes harder. What's the what? Practice. Practice. What prophet AI say? Practice. 
What you talking about practice? I'm gifted. You ought to be happy I'm on a worship team, Pastor Steve. You ought to be blessed I'm up here today. Ooh, he don't ever deal with that. He used to be my boss. I was the drummer. You know how humiliating your younger brother demanded you to be there for practice on time? But if I didn't learn that lesson, having church at a pavilion in another church, 20 years ago, I wouldn't be standing up here today. Because I learned that I'm not coming to practice for practice, uh, Pastor Steve, what his name is. You gotta be a team player, brother. This, this, ain't, this ain't a solo, look what I can do. You, you, do, you know, independence, you know, they, they win trophies, but teams win championships. The book of, right? You didn't see Peter being the MVP. You're gonna go through the book of Acts and you'll find men, women. You'll find all different ethnicities, Acts 13. I can't wait to get to the Antioch church. The whole leadership changed from Acts 1.13. They were people that said, hey, I'm gonna put my differences down and see how I can make my gifts benefit the whole team and begin to raise up. That's what we're gonna discuss in this book of Acts. No matter where you are, man, there's a place that we can give ourselves more to. Apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for leaving us with this book of Acts that we can look at and read and learn from. Father, I pray that everyone heard this message today and everyone that will hear this message will hear a fresh word from you, Holy Spirit. And right now, just with your eyes closed, just pray the Holy Spirit would just come upon you right now and speak clearly to your heart right now what you need to hear. Where do you need to devote yourself more to? That's a question I want you to answer and think about and pray about to help us become more like the Acts Church. We don't want to be like any others. We want to be like the model God gave us. And if you're here today or you're watching, you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you just to ask Him to come into your life. Just ask Him, say, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I have sinned. Forgive me of all of my sins Come into my life and make me new. From this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.